Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, a show that's by sports PTs and for sports PT professionals. We're here to accelerate growth in your sports PT career while giving you the tools to provide your athletes with game-changing results. Here's your host, sports physical therapist and practice owner, Dr. Yoni Rosenblatt. You are about to hear from Kyle Harrison, who I've been trying to get on this podcast forever now. His list of accomplishments are unbelievable. Obviously, the face of lacrosse, now professional lacrosse, 2005 Tuaretin Award winner as the world's best lacrosse player, 2005 NCAA Division I men's lacrosse champion, 2005 he led the Johns Hopkins University to an undefeated season, two times McLaughlin Award winner to the best midfielder in the country, three times top five to Arton Award winner, 2003 second team All-American, 10 time professional lacrosse all-star, one time professional lacrosse champion, two time national team player for the United States of America. He's a member of the Maryland U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. He's a member of the Johns Hopkins Hall of Fame. He instrumental in the founding of the Premier Lacrosse League, CEO of Five Star, owner and founder of 1812. Kyle Harrison has so much to share with you about how to succeed at elite levels on the field, but also off the field. We're going to learn a ton. Can't wait for you to listen in on my conversation with Kyle Harrison. Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. I got Kyle Harrison with us finally. <laughs> Stop. Dude, I've been hounding you forever to be on this podcast. I don't, I don't know if that's true. It's not true at all. <laughs> I took one text. I was like, yeah. I said, it. I'm here. I got nothing Any else day. to do. Anytime yeah. you want. Anytime right. you want. Yep. Um, Kyle Harrison, for those who don't know, you've played some lacrosse in your life. I, I played for a handful of years. Handful of teams, handful of years. Yep. All that. Um, started a couple businesses. A handful. You have so much to share with this sports physical therapy world and community. We can't wait to hear from you. Here's a little bit of a rundown. Please. 2005, you win the Two Arts Award. It's a good year. Good year. 2005, you are an NCAA champion. Mm -hmm. You went undefeated mm -hmm. for the Johns Hopkins University. Not to be confused with John Hopkins. It drove me insane when you let people say that. Well, what do you, what do you, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, I'm saying John's. in a public environment, when someone says John Hopkins, you got to let it go. You can maybe tell them later, but you make a good rude. point. Do you tell them later? Yeah, for sure. Okay, like, throw an S next time you say that. Throw an S. Okay. You were a two-time McLaughlin Award winner. I was. Is that pronounced correctly? McLaughlin? You nailed it. Hell yeah. You nailed it. Which is given to college's best. Midfielder. Midfielder. Three-time top five towards in finalist. 2003 second team All-American. I don't know how you didn't make first. <laughs> Ten-time professional lacrosse all-star. One-time professional lacrosse champion. Two-time national player for the United States of America. That's right. Member of the Maryland U.S. Lacrosse Chapter Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Member of the Johns Hopkins Attaboy. Hall of Fame. You've done a few things. A handful of things. Let me tell you what doesn't get enough run. <laughs> oh, no. Go on. In 2013, uh -huh. Beats Electronics. Sure. Creates personalized custom headphones designed for a select few celebrities. That's right. That included <laughs> LeBron James, <laughs> Wayne Rooney, Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you always did remind me of Justin Bieber. Kobe Bryant, Lady Gaga, and... Go on. That's it. And Kyle, <laughs> and Kyle Harrison. Dude, it, it's really incredible to see what you've accomplished because I've known you since probably 1999. Yeah. And just watching you along the way has been incredible and eye-opening and humbling because very often I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Stop. Um, I remember seeing you in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I remember you really becoming the face of lacrosse. And now... The face of, I'd say, a sports entrepreneurship, um, which is really awesome. Appreciate so that. tell me this. Yep. Which of your attributes do you credit for all of this success? Um, that's, a, that's a tough starting question. Um, 
Honestly, I think I'd have to say it's how I was raised, right? Like, I think when you think about when you're talking about athletics and what we've learned in a locker room or on a field, um, there's a ton of stuff, right? Perseverance, uh, overcoming adversity, all those things. But I think before I even got there, it was what my parents taught me. And it's about how you treat people um, and the relationships you build uh, with, with expecting nothing in return, just being a, a decent human being. And I think for me, even the comment you just made about that beats thing, it's hysterical because that all came to be just based on a cat named Jay Corbin that I met that was running the show at beats at the time. And we hit it off and he was just a good dude. Uh, and because we developed that relationship, he put me in that situation with that list of athletes that I had no business being on a list with when you look at our sports. Um, but he rolled out the red carpet, had those had those headphones designed, had a whole thing in the beat store in New York. Like, and that was just all based on a relationship. So I guess I'd say just what how I was raised, be, be good to people. Be good to people. Um, I've seen I've seen you really embody that. And this is this is what I wanted to get across because dude, we could geek out about your lacrosse accolades. And I think that's really interesting. I'm sure that'll come up. Uh, we could geek out about your business accolades, but it's the merging of those two things that I think the, the entrepreneur uh, or even the young sports physiotherapist listening to this podcast can take away. What, what I've learned is people that are successful in their field, it doesn't matter what that field is, mm -hmm. they have common attributes. Mm -hmm. And that's a great one, which is treat everyone with respect and connect, mm -hmm. right? That I mean, at, at least that's what I've heard. I, I've seen you do this really uh, time and again. Um, and you did it to me the, the first time you walked in from rehab, you probably did the old spot at the old spot. Yeah, I remember. I was pulling yeah, in the yeah. church. Yeah. So a couple things that I remember very clearly about that um, interaction. Number one, you remember what you were wearing? It'd be weird if you did, but I remember. I don't. Well, go ahead. You remember. Ah, give me more context. It was, was it when I had to grow up the adductor? <laughs> adductor yes, or yes. back? That was adductor. Adductor, um, first time in there. You did needling. Yeah. Yeah. You're walking I into a church, you're wearing a hoodie. I remember I remember walking into a hoodie. That church. It's a great church. It's a um, great, my favorite church. I like kind of remember when you say that. You're wearing a friend's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's hoodie. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And when I saw that, mm -hmm. I'm like, this guy remembers kind of where he came yeah, from. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that, that's important. And that, and that just came across. Mm -hmm. And your ability to connect with me, which mm -hmm. is a random PT, was very clear. Right. Um, that that was kind of front and center to the way you do business. Yeah. And then in researching, kind of going through this pod, mm -hmm. every time you talk to someone, you're connecting with them. Trying to. Well, try, I, just because it, it, look, man, I think my success athletically, from the beginning, back to the friends days, it was really based on coaches and people connecting with me uh, and meeting me where I was. And where I think, you know, you look at, if I looked at all the coaches I had and teammates I had, like they were put in my opinion, they were put in my life for a very specific reason, uh, for whatever that lesson needed to be learned at that time. Like I came from a place like friends uh, that, you know, everyone got to play and really, really um, a coaching style that you were very rarely reprimanded for things you did badly. Mm -hmm. To a place like Hopkins, where Coach Petra was the polar opposite of that. But I actually probably needed that at that point. Like I think friends did everything for me they possibly could have. And then pass me on to the big guy for now it's him and his staff that have to like take me the the last bit to get me where i need to get athletically mentally and i needed that at that time and so i look at all of the people that have come into my life and again like i said i think they specifically my coaches and teachers like were very specific about connecting with me and the impact it made on my life i, I know how big it was now as like an old man with with kids of my own uh so i try and do the same so you mentioned that uh, Coach Petromala mm -hmm. mm -hmm. kind of connected with you. I wanted to dig into a little bit of that relationship because yeah. I think that has tremendous carryover yeah. to what we're talking about business-wise yeah. um, and career trajectory-wise. Mm -hmm. Career trajectory-wise, you get to Johns Hopkins, mm -hmm. and that's Petro's first year. His first full year. Yeah, first he and his staff year. came in halfway through the prior year. Okay, he recruited you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he recruits you. How would you describe Coach Petro's style? In the recruiting process? No, nope. coaching. Oh, um, he gets after you. I, I think, 
look, uh, freshman year was probably tough mentally to like understand like why why is this cat yelling at me and everybody else so much. Um, but then once you get past the yelling and like listen to what's being said, um, it became easy and it became like I don't know how I like to be coached. I think I, when, depending on who your coach is in college um, in lacrosse, I can't speak to other sports. Obviously, I played lacrosse. Um, you like crave that as you get to the next level. Like professionally, I'd say if you ask most pro players what they want, it's to be coached mm -hmm. and coached hard. Like that's what, that's where we all um, play and perform at our best. And so I thought that staff, specifically the top three of, of coach Petro, coach Tierney and coach Juan were so perfect for us um, during my time there. And so perfect for me, coach Petro got after you, coach T put his arm around you and coach Juan just like was somewhere in the middle of those two, right? He could play either side. Um, and they were brilliant. That's why they won. Yeah, they won a lot. Yeah, they won a, a lot. Now, that <clears throat> coaching style resonated with you. Mm -hmm. Did you have teammates that perhaps it wasn't the ideal fit? Coaching yeah. style -wise? Okay, so let me ask you this. How did you handle that? Because, man, you look at some of your accolades mm -hmm. and it's all about leadership. Mm -hmm. How did you handle it when the head coach or the boss, let's mm -hmm. say, in this instance, resonates with you, the leader, mm -hmm. but not necessarily the teammates? You got all this chatter in the mm -hmm. locker room. Mm -hmm or in the work environment, mm -hmm. how do you handle it and rally the troops to say, no, 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 we're, we're going to fall in line and follow follow this mm -hmm. leader or leadership? For sure. For sure. So I think two things. One, it, it depends on the situation, right? Every situation is different. I think there are times to do what you just said, which is go back into the locker room, get us all together. Like, hey, this is, I know we don't all agree with it, but if you look at the track record, there's a ton of success here. I think we got to see it through. There's that conversation. But I will tell you, and Coach Petro would sit here and tell you the same thing, there's the other side of the conversation too, which is I go in the locker room and I hear what they say. I kind of agree with them. So now me and the other couple captains, we're walking down the hallway to his office to say like, here's what we need. And we, we meet in the middle, right? We figure it out. We had a ton of those conversations uh, throughout my career. There's especially, I can say the one that sticks out in my head, senior year fall, um, where we were a senior laden team, right? You had me, Benson Irwin, Chris Watson, Tom Garvey, Kyle Berry, Peter Lasore. You just have all these seniors that have started since they were freshmen, right? So, like, at this point, fall ball is like, dog, like, we got we got it. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to go get our asses kicked by Georgetown in some tournament at some grass field somewhere. Fine. We're going to be all right come springtime. Like, that happened every year. So, like, we had the conversation of, like, give, we, we got to back off a little bit. We're, we promise you, you'll, we will give you every ounce of everything we all have the second springtime hits but we have to turn it down a little bit, at least physically. Mentally, mm -hmm. we can be, we can do film, we can do all the other stuff, but like we're beating ourselves up and we need a minute. So we've had those conversations too. So um, that's part of your job as a leader. And I think I grew into that. There was a time where I probably wouldn't have been comfortable having that conversation, but I mean, you get to a point where like, if your, your teammates and or your staff trust you to be the person to have those conversations, then that, that's all the confidence you need to do that. Yeah, I, I love that. It, it's awesome to hear that it sounds like Petromalo was was open to having that conversation with you and probably sure. based upon the rapport that he had built with yeah. you. When I see it in the, in the work environment, I love that as potentially the boss. Yeah. You're wanting to hear that feedback. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't want to just keep um, riding and driving if if it's not leading towards the goal that you kind of have in mind. You've got to hear from from the leaders in the locker room right. like uh -huh. in this analogy. So that, yeah. that certainly kind of resonates. Talk to me about a little bit earlier on. Now, man, we went through those accolades, and it's really impressive what you did in lacrosse. You and I both know. Oh, no. Here we go. You and I both know you could have played a number of different sports professionally. Could have. Uh, you did pretty well for yourself uh, on the basketball court. I was okay. You were really good. Okay. So much so that oh, here we go. Here what? We go. you won I, I two MIAA mm -hmm. basketball titles. Mm -hmm. You earned all conference honors mm -hmm. MIAA. Mm -hmm. um, and you were also a hell of a soccer player. Mm -hmm. You won one MIAA title in soccer. We did. Beat St. Paul. St. Paul. Junior year. Person. It's great. We won't get in senior year. <laughs> um, you earned all conference honors in soccer as well. Yeah. Why did you choose lacrosse? Um. I mean, I, I have the answer now as a grown-up. Back then, I'm not sure, honestly. I think because uh, basketball was the one I loved. Um, probably out of the three, the one that would be the, the most of a reach, right, to try and, like, pursue that one long-term college, chase 
pro in Europe, whatever the the ceiling would have been. Um, but that was the one I loved the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I, I ended up choosing lacrosse based on my family history, what my dad did, what my dad started, and wanting to be a part of that history, you know, with what he started at Morgan State. And then honestly, it's the one that I feel like my potential, there was just a ton of it. Whereas soccer, like I, I was I was a very good soccer player. Um, like if I would have pursued that in college, I probably would have been like a midfielder or a back. Um, and I don't know how much better I would have gotten skill-wise. Athletically, I probably could have taken that uh, somewhere. Um, but lacrosse is the one that like, as I watched and learned and like kind of saw the dudes that were the dudes in high school, I was like, wait a second. Like, if I'm in a different place and I'm focusing on only this, I think that I have a chance to do something here. Um, and then when I remember the day like it was yesterday, it was me and Benson. Benson and I was my best friend uh, from Friends. And uh, we both at Hopkins. And I remember we were we had spent the summer training with Jay, because, that summer between senior year and freshman year of, of college. Training with Jay just because we're like, we're coming from Friends. You got these kids coming from like big time Long Island schools and, and everything around Maryland, these elite programs, and we're coming from Friends. And so we're like, we are without a doubt, not as prepared as the rest of these guys. And so at minimum, we got to be in shape. <laughs> like, let's just try and get in shape. So Coach Petros, uh, Coach Tierney, and Coach Vaughn connected with Jay. We're training with Jay. That's Jay Dyer. Jay Dyer, yeah, the, the guy, the man. Yes, the man, the myth. And so we're training with them. So I made them more in shape. And so we go in, and that first day, we're doing uh, testing. So we're doing your 40 time and your 300 yard shuttle time. And Benson and I smoked, like, wasn't even close how we ran that. And we were like, oh, sh- oh. so we're actually actually okay. We're better than, we're better than we thought. We yeah. should be here. Yeah. And then from a confidence perspective, it was over. Just in terms of, like, my ability to think, like, oh, shit, I am supposed to be here. I can do this. And everything that I've thought in the back of my head about MJ fade away, hitting a jumper, all those things I dreamed, like now they just have to translate to lacrosse and let's like, let's chase this now. So that that's awesome. That that typifies your work ethic. Mm-hmm. You put in the work all season, Coach Jay standing yeah. on the sideline yeah. with his arms crossed, yeah. you know, just barking at you. <laughs> it's also, I, I've heard you break it down to say, and, and I think you, you just hinted at it just now, you said, you know, I'm looking on the cross field, I know who the dudes are, mm-hmm. and I know I'm better than them. And athletically. Athletically. Oh, athletically. Yeah, for sure. and, and you certainly made that clear. The what, what's I think the parallel is you've got to survey the field. Oh, and so yeah. when you look yeah. professionally, let's dig yeah. into this a little bit. When you look into off the field, I looked at it at like in the sports PT world, and I'm like looking around Maryland, and I'm like, I know there's a sports PT here and I want to work for them. Mm-hmm. I got to find them. I'm yeah. my ass off. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute. There is, there's no sports PT. In right. there. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, screw it. I'll go from Manhattan. My wife's from New York, yeah. Strong Island. There you go. And I'm like, I'll find it here. Yeah. And I look up there and I'm like, dude, there, there's not a lot there. Now this is 15 years ago. I'm sure they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Sports PTs there now. Mm-hmm. But my point is, you survey the field and you realize, hey, where can I be successful? Does that match up with my passion yeah. and my abilities and acumen? And then you dive in, you looking at the lacrosse field and realizing, Jesus Christ, I could do this for a oh, living. Yeah. I yeah. could be an all-time great. Yeah. And then you go, you, you kind of dive in. Yeah. Um, that's what I heard. Uh, I, I remember. I remember. I think you said to me, "I looked on the lacrosse field." And no one could do what I could do. Yeah, it was just like a, you know, again, athletically, they athletically. were more skilled. They were, they were especially back then. They were significantly more skilled. But I think the two things that gave me confidence are one, I felt like I was more athletic than everyone, uh, and then two, I could watch what they did, and then duplicate it in my own way faster and quicker. And so, like, as I started putting those things together, uh, and then you get under coaches like Coach Petro, Coach Jerry, Coach Juan. Like you have film stuff. You've all I get friends. I don't know what you guys did about the film. We, we were watching but a film. We were we watching a film. Stop. We just watched film of Kyle Harrison. That's all we did. Okay, so now we everyone around <laughs> everyone around the, the TV. Yeah, we, yeah. And then record. Put it in the VCR. Oh, that's such a Let's bummer. That all there. Uh, but no film. No film. We're like any breakdown. Yeah. It's like there yeah. was none of that stuff. So like, give me access like to all these. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a fun time though. Okay, so so then you then you dive in. Tell me how you applied that lesson of scanning the field, realizing you're better at something, yeah. and going headlong into it yeah. in the in the business world. 
So I credit um, like my longevity within the sport and being able to like really build businesses and a brand um, to my partners at the beginning. Uh, and so basically, <clears throat> I was fortunate, you know, that at the very beginning, like coming out of college, getting drafted number one, and making Team USA, and like being a quote unquote pro lacrosse player, um, I I had to find the right partner that was going to allow me to be a pro lacrosse player, right? Like most guys, especially back then. Uh, not until recently, with everything going on with the PLL and the changes that have made elevated wages, healthcare, all that stuff, most guys like got drafted to play in the MLL, and then also were like on Wall Street yeah. and like doing a bunch of stuff. So for me, you know, STX, I signed a deal that allowed me to be a full-time player. Uh, I was a full-time employee, and so my job there was building my brand, the K18 brand. We built and launched uh, a full equipment line: gloves, arm pads, arm guards, shoulders, stick, the whole thing. That that ran for 15 years. But again, from 2005, when I graduated full-time employee. So 401k, healthcare, car, Set. like all of that stuff, which allowed me to be in a position like, okay, that's handled. So now let me figure out how to build a brand. Let me focus on training so I can play lacrosse long-term. Because most often you'll see back then, especially guys the last three years, yeah. three to five years. Because they were all, sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, they were sitting at a desk all day. You know, and they're, they're lasting three to five years. So now I had, I had my base set with STX, and I knew they'd be my long-term partner, still my partner. I think my deal is three years left on it. Like, they're still my partner. Um, and now it was like, okay, got that set. Now let's like build everything else, fill, fill in with different deals. And I, I really started to understand, especially back then, that there's gonna be there's gonna be opportunities uh, from a sponsorship perspective. Yeah. Where like, you know, may, maybe the, the cash top isn't what you'd want, but there's opportunity for a back end where you can ask for equity and knowing full well that I ain't going anywhere. So yeah. like there's a couple of deals that like that I signed a 10 year deal for equity that like it's gonna accrue over that 10 years. Now it's been 12 years, so I own 10% of the company. And you know, it's just another thing that that me and my family get to be a part of. So I think when it came to like taking some of the skills from my athletic career and kind of implementing it in the business, I'm one, I'm still learning, right? Like I just retired a year and a half ago, two years ago. So I'm definitely still learning. Um, but you know, early investments and then identifying the right partner to grow with me, I think was my, was like the best thing that could have happened back in 2005. I'm smirking like an idiot because the the carryover is so clear to me from mm -hmm. our world. So your sports PT, you're listening to this pod, you're listening to Kyle Harrison, maybe you know who he is or maybe you don't. Maybe but you don't. Maybe you it's don't. Okay. Because, it's okay. Take yeah, it's okay. But now they know. Um, <laughs> it's you find a job that can like cover your nut that's what you mm -hmm. did you mm -hmm. talk to sds they, they said we're going to take care of you with xyz and then you look out and say okay how do i grow mm -hmm. how do i either become an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur yeah. so my advice to those listening is find opportunities like that we try to build that at true sports where you come in and you're like okay like i can treat patients make this amount of money make sure that i'm set mm -hmm. and what else can i bring to the company what else can i bring to the market whether that's in education whatever it is it sounds like that's exactly what you did you also make a great point of the team you build around you because mm -hmm. at hopkins you were what kind of major uh i think it's called writing sam so it was like hopkins version of journalism okay so you think you're gonna be a journalist mm -hmm. oh that was the plan espn internship that was the plan for sure you're going to bristol yeah i'm working for espn yeah and then you become this pro athlete so where does the business acumen come from just watching i mean look i was around the dopest dudes jesse hubbard is the, the guy that like I got the New Jersey Pride locker room and Jesse, Jesse Hubbard, you know, top five player of all time is there. And he was what I wanted to be, right? Like Jesse at the time was with Warrior. He was one of the founders of Warrior. He was obviously a pro player, um, family dude. Like I, re I remember like it was yesterday how he would talk about his wife and his kids. And like, I was like, oh, that, well, there's my guy. Like, I'm, sure I'm gonna attach myself to him and listen to everything he says. So I watched that. Um, I met other other people uh, within the sport, like uh, you know, Mike Powell was on the U.S. team as well. Um, when I when I come out, and he had just released his line, he had a, he had a deal with Scion, that car, that that box car. He had just signed that oh, deal. Right. Yeah, and he had his house uh, that we all went to up in up in uh, upstate New York. It was like on a golf course. Anyway, spending time with him and like again, and Mike is an eccentric dude, but spending time with him and learning like how he built what he had going. Ryan Boyle was another young one at the time that was you know right up there with Yeoman? Mike Powell. Yeah, Gilman all-timer had his own company you know he had a bunch of deals so like 
there were guys that were doing stuff. Um, and I think that was also right at the time, you know, that like people were getting in lacrosse, like people were, you know, different, different um, companies like Nike had just gotten in. I had just signed the deal with Nike, me and Ryan Powell were the first Nike lacrosse athletes. So I'd signed that deal. So I was like out in Portland on Nike campus for like big post. There was just stuff happening where I was just trying to absorb all of it because it was so new and foreign. And to your point earlier, it just was not my plan. Like mm -hmm. I, my plan until the MLL paperwork was sitting in my locker, uh, I was planning on ESPN internship, chase down this journalism thing, see what happens. It was, it was the, in my locker was the MLL paperwork and the Team USA paperwork. Like, do you want to try out and do you want to be an MLL draft? I remember we were all in there, just like mid season. We we're like, we doing this? Like, we're like, oh, let's figure it out for practice. And then like after practice, we're like, yeah, why don't, why don't we just all jump in this thing? So we all signed it, and that was it. And didn't think anything of it until you know we won the national championship. I think we went to Cancun like two days after that. We come back. Hold on, what happened in Cancun? And... Honestly, not not a ton. No one's listening. <laughs> no, 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 look, look, we were all safe, not a ton, but something just ha something just happened out there. Yeah. If we think back to 2005, I yeah. can't remember what, yeah, but yeah, something had just happened really bad. Not something good. Yeah. No, not something good. And so we were like, we ate and chilled. Still figuring that out. Are they really? Yeah, I think so. That's insane. Um, so we were we were dinner, dinner and chilling and sitting in the pool, happy as hell because we just went undefeated and won. Um, but came back and then that's when this all started. So um, I get long-winded answer, but it was really just learn and absorb everything you possibly can from the people that are doing what you want to do. And that's just what I did. I found each person professionally that was doing what I wanted to do and this picked their brain, sat with them, watched how they handled themselves, watched how they handled themselves publicly, all of it. Just observing, oh, noting, and, oh. and another thing about, about you, and I, I find this with a lot of very successful people, is your memory is insane. I mean, I try. But I, I but I don't think you do. But maybe you do. Well, no, no, I, well, I think it's, it's part of connecting, right? Like it's part of like a real connection with someone and, and something. And if it's all surface, then you can't remember it because it's just like, hey, what up, man? Good to see. And then it's over. But if I like ask you something, or your kid's name, or something that you did ten years ago, I'm gonna remember that. And then next time I see you, we can, you know, rehash that conversation and come up again, and it's an actual real connection. So I think it's back to our first point of you have to connect with people, um, specifically the people that you want to do business yeah, with sure. and be like. Sure. Um, and that's that's how it goes, and then, and then it just gets locked in memory. Dude, that's what that's what I say about being a sports PT is. It's probably true in any field, which is like the the theme of today's conversation, which is what makes you successful in one field translates to every field. Absolutely. But it's it's how much you care. Yeah. It's yeah. how much you care and how much you can lock in and be present. Yeah. And show the patient, the athlete that yeah. you give a damn. Yeah. And and sky's the limit from there. Yeah. Sounds like the the same thing kind of in the business world. Now, as you go through, you sign MLL, you play for Team USA, mm -hmm. you um you you really start to become a pro, just a professional yeah. now you take a couple of risks mm -hmm. along the oh, way yeah. um and, and i'm sure not everything was smooth sailing no great glad, <laughs> glad, glad you said that because otherwise this would be a terrible question <laughs> give me give me a misstep that you made and what you learned from oh I've, I've made i've made tons i've made tons i i think um We've made tons. I, I think the funniest story, and I'll tell like the short version of this, this story is all time. And for people listening, you're going to have to chase down. If I ever end up doing this like LXM recap, you have to chase down here from my partner's perspective. But I'm telling you, this is all time. And so. Tell us what LXM is. I'm, yep. Okay, so we're in LA. Yep. I, I moved out to LA to play for the LA Riptide. Like that was, I wanted to move to LA anyway, but like it made sense. Like if I can go to the LA team. All this makes sense, um, as opposed to moving to LA and then flying back to play for New Jersey. That wouldn't have made a ton of sense. So uh, moved to LA the next year and play. We had a successful run. We lost in the championship or semis that year. I can't remember. But the next year the team folds. And so now we're all out in LA. Uh, you know we have an opportunity to play for Denver, but that's still like not a home game. Right? I'm still jumping on a plane. And so myself, Xander Ritz, Max Ritz, Scott Hotstad, Craig Hotstad. <clears throat> We're out there, and there's a bunch of pro guys, obviously, now that have moved out to play for San Fran or L.A. Those teams no longer exist. And so we talk, and we have this idea of this thing called the LXM Pro Tour. Lacrosse meets music. Uh, and so basically think of, picture a festival, 40 pro lacrosse players, a pro all-star game, a concert happening, you know, vendors, just like a festival of a weekend. And so we're, we're launching this thing. 
Scott had been a successful entrepreneur. He had started Adrenaline at Stars. He had done a lot of stuff. So Scott had been in the business world. He's about eight, eight to 10 years older than us. So he was certainly the leader. And Xander was his right-hand man at the time. And then you have Craig, myself, and Max. And so we're building this business. We're signing players. And it was just like, it was loose, which is fine. It was loose. It was definitely my first time in like a real business, uh, real, quote unquote. But it, it was it was loose. And so <laughs> hockey comes in. Scott comes in. He's like, I'm going to change the business. I, I've got it. We're done. We just signed Drake. And this is like, think think right when the best I ever had it just yeah. dropped. And yeah. like, so what? it wasn't all that crazy, right? It wasn't all that crazy, especially if you're not in LA that like, that would have happened. Yeah, you somehow like stumbled on somebody's manager at some party or dinner and yeah, hey, can you can Drake come play five songs or something? And, and it worked, right? So we're all in the office like, holy shit, like this is incredible. Yeah. This is gonna change everything. Um, and so like then it became full speed ahead. Like, what do we get? We had to make sure our players are ready, make sure all the stuff ready. TV ticker. There was an imposter manager floating around uh, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Booking, close. booking Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Little Wayne shows. How many people were like, we were like Drake's coming? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Oh my god, Scott! And so we were in a panic. Um, I think we had wired like eighty grand. Come on! Um, Did you tell your fans? Hey, Drake's no! Coming. Thank God we had not. Oh my! God. Or actually, no. We there were no fans. No, there was another. Okay. Well, that, that's that's a problem in itself. But wait, there was another one. So the Drake thing happened. There was another one where Akon backed out on us. And it was, he had, in his defense, we had signed him. We had, and he, I mean, he wired all the money back. He did it right. Actually through his manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, yeah. <laughs> through yeah. his real manager. real thing. Yeah, okay. through his real, we had Akon for a second. And then he had, um, he had a family scenario pop up, which obviously is completely fine. His his people were great. I think they, they wired whatever had happened back. But we had promoted Akon. And he couldn't come. The okay. Drake, the Drake okay. thing hadn't gotten out yet. But yo, that was that was all time. That's a mistake. A mistake. Massive, yes. massive yes. mistake. And the things you learned from that were from that situation. From that really? situation. Well, there's. I mean, I'd say what I would say about out there is it's a little weird, man. Because I, I would actually argue that I bet that interaction, and I know this guy was an imposter manager, but I'd argue that that interaction is still happening out there with the real manager. And like you're at a, you're grabbing a beer, you're grabbing coffee, and you're like, yo, can you can you slide by and do a couple couple songs? And I'm like, yeah, I got you, dude. That's how I got you on the phone. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure that stuff is still happening. So the lesson there is just, I mean, one, we have to be more. There was there were so many gaps within that business. Um, admittedly, on, on my part and all of our part, we were learning, we were growing. But man, that was I learned. I mean, my wife talks about it all the time when we like have things that happen. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Recently, my uh, our 18 office, we switched locations, and my business partner's out of town. And so my wife's like carrying couches and doing all this stuff. I'm like, sweetie, this is not this is not what you should be doing right now. She's like, what are you talking about? Like I was, I hung the banners at LXM at at 7 a.m. and then I was there at 2 a.m. cutting them down and folding them up. Like this is love this that. is the gig. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this that. is what we signed up for. And so, I mean, I think that what I took from that, and I take it from her all the time, is just to, like. You can't be too good to do anything or too quote unquote big to do anything. If it requires cleaning toilets or cutting signage down at 2 a.m., then that's your job or, or hanging up the chairs or any of that stuff. And I think when I look back on my LXM days, like that's what I remember. We did everything. We packed the player bags. We, you know, we were carrying player bags from the airport. We're hanging up signs. We're putting up the VIP thing. I'm grabbing drinks for our VIPs. And then putting on my jersey and going to play. Like that that's what you signed up for. That's a gig. I love that. That sounds like the entrepreneur grind. Yeah. Please. And I think unfortunately sometimes that gets lost. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. But like uh an applicable story to that. Yeah. Is we were just talking about Beamer Class, mm -hmm. um, Duke Legend. And doing great work. Doing great work. Great work at first class across mm -hmm. friends of the program. Mm -hmm. And um he had us he had us come down to Chase Fieldhouse in Delaware and we were helping him with his first class lacrosse stuff. And mm -hmm. you know, I went up there with one of our awesome um physical therapists, Austin Kolish. We're up there and we're supposed to be running like a piece of his combine. Yeah. And that didn't happen. We just didn't run. There was a combine, but me and Austin didn't do much about it. Okay. And Austin was like, dude, what what happened? Right. I'm like, I don't know. But Something, yeah, something sure. will, we met a lot of people, yeah. something will happen. Like fast forward six months later, like we're opening a clinic mm -hmm. in Delaware mm -hmm. in Chase Fieldhouse because of the people That's we right. met who happened to be unbelievable. Right. So so the point is you gotta say yes mm -hmm. to good people. Mm -hmm. 
but you you got to get your hands dirty. Hundred percent. That's what you were doing with LXM. Hundred percent. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's the thing that you learned. Yeah. Um, oh no, man, you have you have to do everything. Yeah. You have to you have to be a grinder and do everything. I think to your point, you know, it's a really important one. And I'm still like, I think I'm still learning this because I'm so, and it's probably because of uh, my my career as a player. Like I'm used to, you do this and this happens right instantly, typically mm -hmm. <laughs> as an athlete. Uh, I think as an entrepreneur, you do this and two years from now, this might happen. Six months from now, this might happen. And so I'm still learning to deal with that and learning what that process looks like. Um, and that's, that's, that's a challenge for me at times. I can, I can totally relate. Maybe one of the ways you kind of hedge against that uh -huh. is you have so many different projects yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, tell us what you got going on. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, Five Star is, is definitely taking up the most, the majority of my time. Um, it's it's a really cool sports tech company. Um, you know, we've done a lot of stuff in events, uh, whether that's operating our own events or sponsoring events and activating at events or helping produce events. Uh, like we just recently finished producing the MIAAs, um, both uh, lacrosse and baseball. Wow. Uh, I got wait, there's, I an in baseball. there's an interesting rule in baseball. Did you know this? That if the, the higher seed, loses in the championship there's another game <laughs> i'm not kidding that's um, a real thing yes that is a real thing not in them i go look i think so oh, is it? i think it, yeah i think it just happened i didn't do a lot of competing at elite levels in that my double a look you sure you did oh and here we go I knew no, no, no 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 i'm not going not yet you're saying but yeah so we produce we yeah, that's, events that's, that's and, usually like a college baseball thing but yeah, okay. it's insane i didn't know that but um you know, so from the event perspective, thank you for including baseball. Of course, Our baseball heads love Look, to hear. I played t-ball. I played t-ball back in the day. And what do you think about baseball players? Lacrosse guys want to know. What do you mean? What I think about baseball players yeah, in general? Baseball athletes. Uh, the ones I've met have been cool. I yeah. haven't really spent a time. Athletically, it depends on the position, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think a catcher is wild. I look at that position that they squat in for hours on end, yeah. and that's insane yeah. when you think about hips and yeah. knees, uh, pitchers. I think people that can hit home runs consistently and make contact. I don't see anybody that can make contact with that ball consistently. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Okay, that's all of yeah, them. Yeah, I, I think that's insane. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I'm just saying any any baseball player that can make consistently hit a ball, I'm impressed with at a high level. Great. Here's, here's one of my... Oh, no. passions oh, no. and on. that is apply all of the reams of data and the sports science sure. and the know-how and the strength and conditioning to get that rotational velocity mm -hmm. and apply it to your freaking sport yeah it it will be game changing thousand percent agreed okay we can do a team together on that um i look forward to that thank you okay so five stars. okay so we're yeah so we obviously done a sports tech company yeah. we've done a ton with events operating owning producing um, we have a couple of properties and products right now, uh, just over market research over the last, you know, I don't know, three years or so. We're really excited about one specifically launching later in the fall. Uh, well, that was you. super fired up about. Um, okay, that's five star. Yep. Then you got. Yeah, my eight, eighteen is great. Um, you know, eighteen twelve with my business partner Sean um, from from teams to premium events, session eighteen, method eighteen, uh, academy. So one I'm the most excited about. Uh, I said the two uh, because honestly. And, and you know, when it comes to events and like the vibe of all things 18 related, it's typically built around what I enjoyed when I was this age. Like the atmosphere that I feel like we can create that kids are empowered, they feel comfortable and confident, they feel pushed and coached hard, but they like, they know that this is not life and death because it's a game. Like it, it's, and I think friends taught me that. And it's because we weren't, we were competitive in a C conference, B conference, whatever. But we weren't a, a sports powerhouse by any means. So like winning and losing was not the end all be all. It was it was cool to win, but it was like if I lost, I was not at home crying. Mm -hmm. Like me and my boys weren't like silent on the car ride home and not like we moved on. And so I think when it comes to sport, it's really important to create an environment that like you get all the things you need, the lessons you need to learn, but you're like, it's still a sport. We're we're hanging. We're hanging here for the next couple hours. We're gonna work really hard. I'm probably gonna yell at you at some point because you're gonna be disappointed in something you did. Um, but you're gonna have fun, and you're gonna feel empowered. And when you need a break, take a break. And then when this is over, this shit is over. Like I'm not expecting you to go home and be really upset about mm -hmm. something just happened. So anyway, session 18 and method 18. Session 18 is for like elite players, and it's you know yoga, sports psychology, athletic training. You're obviously on the field doing skill work, all that stuff. And then you have method 18, which is for that middle school athlete 
preparing them for high school. So those are my two favorite events we do. But from, from Team 18 to 18 National to Sonics, um, we got a lot of fun stuff going. So that begs the question, mm -hmm. how do you prioritize your day and your efforts? Yeah, so you have to, it all comes down to the team around you, right? So like my, my time is spent on five stuff. Um, and Sean <laughs> runs uh, eighteen. Yeah, and so you have to you have to build your team around you, and you have to honestly, in my opinion, when it comes to time management, prioritizing that's all stuff you you learned in your sport when you played. Like Hopkins, you took care of the classroom, you took care of the lacrosse field, and everything else was just kind of there. And if you had time to to do the social thing, cool. I rarely did. Um, not that there was a ton to do anyway at Hopkins, but. You prioritize, man. That's that's the gig. And so nuts and bolts. What are your hacks to doing that? You have to, in my opinion, you have to be intentional about all of it. Like right now, for me, the most important thing in my life is is my family. Making sure that I'm there for them all the time, not just sometimes, and not just when it fits into my quote unquote work schedule. So if I'm in town, I'm taking them to school and picking them up. Like I'm I'm a part of that process. If I'm in town and there's no like meeting I have to attend at 5 p.m. We're at dinner together. Like I'm not, I'm not missing those moments with my wife and kids. And now that we're back on the East Coast, my parents. Um, so it's like a non-negotiable for me. It's blocked out. Yeah, non-negotiable. It's in my schedule. Like it's, it's non-negotiable. Like I am, I am, I am here. Um, I'm not just, I, you know, I'm actually present. I'm not just here sitting here. Like I am present. I am paying attention. I know what's going on. Um, because if you don't have that, I can't say if you don't. If I don't have that base, Everything else is off in my life. If, if I'm not, if I don't feel like I've spent ample amount of time with my wife and children, and that I know what's going on in my household, and I know what's happening at school with the kids and camp and everything going on with with Mayor, um, then everything else is off. So intentional, be like, be intentional about the things that you care about, the things that you need to be successful in other areas. And I think for me, it starts with them, and then once the house is straight everything else just kind of falls into the right place. And then when it comes to your different businesses, like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the things I'm involved in, but that's all pretty peripheral. Like the Sunglass Company, Tomahawk Shades, absolutely love those guys, been incredible partners. I'm a part owner in that company. But in terms of day to day, week to week, month to month, like <laughs> my, I'm pretty limited, right? Like I'll check in with Andrew, we, we'll have, we'll have a, you know, an owner, ownership call, um, you know, once a quarter. So like, I'm not, that's not something I'm actively doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And so you have to be smart about how you manage your time. And, and again, the, the, whatever your home base is, everybody's is different. Mine is my, my actual home and mm -hmm. the people in it. Um, and I take care of that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like the lesson there is you've got to be militant and, and, real, and list in your, whether it be in your head or, or a little bit more specifically, what is it that's important to you and carve those out? Yeah, you know, you know what I would compare it to, and you hear athletes say this all the time, I was one of them, I'm sure you say it to your clients, like you can't negotiate with yourself, right? Like you, you set what you're doing and that's what you're doing, period. Mm -hmm. And like back in the day, for me, that was training. Like I'm training, eating right, performing on the field, I'm not negotiating with myself on a day. Like I'm not gonna wake up and be like, yo, my back is killing me, I'm out. Not, it's not happening. Like, mm -hmm. This is what you're doing every day. So I took that, that not negotiating with myself, and now that's in my my life, my actual life. I'm not negotiating with myself with this family thing. It, I'm not missing things with these six people. Not happening. You know. And then once I start there, then I work backwards. All right. Now what else is non-negotiable? I gotta train four times a week. It has to happen. I have to do some sort of movement four times a week. It used to be whatever it was six days a week. Now now it's four, um, and it's certainly not. Jay Dyer dragging me around. No, it's true sports. True sports is nice, a nice <laughs> yeah. option. Uh, you know, F45, all that good stuff. Um, but th I think that's what it is. So you take, you take, I take what I used to do in sport and now just apply it to my actual life. Yeah, that, but great lessons. Yeah, great for sure. lessons. Oh, yeah. And that, that's the way you're able to keep all these mm -hmm. hands in the fire. Yeah. Um, where do you learn how to be so present? Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, first off, I haven't always had it. I've had to work on it. Um, my wife's been great about pushing me on it when she notices I'm not, um, which is which is incredible. Um, I think it, it comes back to, to relationships, man. If you you can't be present and create a real, or I'm sorry, not be present and create a real relationship, which is not possible. Yeah. Right? Like I, I have I have to be there listening to you, Locked paying in. attention to you, um, whether that's my little guy Smith or, or daughter Brooke or, or my wife or my parents, like 
all the or whether it's them or it's some cat that that I was at Jimmy John's yesterday and he's like, are you? Are you Kyle? I'm like, yeah. From Friends, high school. Yeah, from Friends, C Conference, runner up. I know we're going there. We're not going anywhere. Uh, but like, like meeting that kid, getting his name, like that's a real interaction. It's all, yeah. it's all that stuff, man. But again, it's, I certainly learned. I don't have it naturally. I think that that's what helps you be so relatable is that you realize that it's a skill. Oh, yeah. And, and you're, you're diving into Evolving. that skill. Oh, it's skill. awesome. It's awesome. Um, okay, tell me when you met Kobe Bryant. Oh man, uh, I met I met Kobe. Um, you know, the, there's just so many. <laughs> no, this times. is funny. The first time, <laughs> the first time. Look, man, the first time I met him. This is funny. It was at um, my. I was I was still with Nike at the time, <clears throat> and my contact at Nike was like, "Look, your boy is in Orange County today." And I was like, "What?" You're <laughs> I can't believe he's here. I was like, where's Joni? Where, where is he eating? What's he doing? Um, he was like, look, he's got, this was the World Cup. He's like, we're shooting uh, Kobe's World Cup commercial. And I was like, okay, where? Like, and not only where, but like, what, can I, can I go to, like, what, yeah. what's my, like, yeah. what, I know you're telling me this information. He's like, look, you want to be an extra? And I was like, done. Where, like, how do I get there? Where is it? So it's at this high school. I go up there. And uh, I get my Lakers uniform. <clears throat> I get my Lakers uh, pants and shooter shirt. And uh, they, t- they tell you to bring that. They give that to you. Or you're oh, just no, like, I got I, that. I, no, I get there and I get my. They give oh, okay. me. I mean, they knew that I was a Nike athlete on the lacrosse. I side. picture you like getting dressed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting dressed in my Kmart version of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, like I, I get there. They knew I was a Nike athlete for lacrosse. They give me the Kobe shoes, the the whole get up, and uh, I got to be an extra on the Lakers bench in that commercial and a high five him after he he um, trains a couple. And we shot that we shot it like 17, 20 times. Um, of like he he basically gets it, he shakes off the double like rolls, and then shoots a fadeaway with like two seven footers jumping at him, and then does like the Ronaldo step over the ball. It was a World Cup commercial. Anyway, so that was my first time meeting him. And then uh, through my partnership with the Legends, we do a lot of events at Sports Academy, which was Mamba Academy. Um, And so, you know, he would have his basketball events going on at the same time I had my lacrosse events going on. And so we developed a relationship. And, you know, I would would see him a few times a year at that event, which was, I mean, just even having the opportunity to, even if it was, you know, two minutes, five minutes, um, Speaking to him was was something I'll I'll remember the rest of my life. It was incredible. One of my all time favorite athletes. And, what was uh, it like? You know, man, um, he has a lot of stuff you're talking about. He he looks you in your eye. He remembers you. Like I I was always blown away. And, and again, just to be clear, this wasn't like 50 times I got to talk to Kobe. This was this was four. You know, yeah. over the course of of a couple of years. But it was always oh good to see you, Kyle. Like there was always a, it was always a like a, a, a very clear um, communication from his perspective. Like, he, no, no, I know who you are. Like, we've, we've talked multiple times. I know yeah. who you are, and I know what you did in your sport. Um, and I, I'll, I'll always remember that. And that's how he was with everybody in that gym. I mean, everybody in that gym, even my lacrosse player, they couldn't care less that I was there. I mean, everybody in that gym, all 10,000 people were there for him. Um, and I, I'd imagine that's how, it, that's how it was everywhere he ever went. And to still have the humility and the wherewithal to, like, be present and create real interactions with people because he knows that that changed that person's life probably right yeah. that interaction with with kobe just like for me like i said the fact that he even remembered it yeah. was, once or twice a year for a couple of years seeing me and us having an interaction man it's uh all time one of my all-time favorite moments yeah powerful one-on-one kobe at his height plays michael <laughs> jordan oh. at his height. <laughs> okay yeah you're a betting man. I am. Well, no. Who are you putting money on? <laughs> I wish I wish they could have seen you show your shoulders. Who are you putting money on? Um. So I mean, I'm look. That's a tough argument. I mean, how many times they playing? One game. One game. Game to eleven. Game to eleven. Winner. Who's got the ball first? Great question, uh, Michael Jordan. And they're both in their prime. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I. I don't know. I think that's a stalemate. I. I think it's a. I, no, no, no. I think it's a bunch of. I think it's a bunch of fouling and. A lot of this fouling. Thing never gets, a lot of name This calling. thing never gets to eleven. No shot. Never gets to eleven. It's not a bad answer. If, if they're too competitive, that doesn't get to eleven. 
somebody's gonna get found in a way that like they can't go anymore. Like no shot. That that ends in a, that ends in a five six, MJ's up, but Kobe just came across his forearms and he can't. Someone's go hurt. Yeah, he can't go anymore. Okay, not a okay, not a bad answer. But, MJ, but to be clear, MJ's my guy. From the time I I can remember loving sport, MJ is my my favorite athlete of all time, and Kobe is one A. Like as I grew, because keep in mind my age, as I grew, I like Kobe became like my 20s like my my well, 20s through now where would you this is hard this is gonna be hard for you to answer please where does patrick ewing fall who and <laughs> the mj kobe yeah, argument? i feel like he's there no so Fatal on, on he's my look on my end for this specific conversation yeah, he's not in those what for the mj kobe conversation yeah. but i mean minority. but he's an all time I mean, he's an all-timer right there's no argument in that all-timer for sure but when we're talking mj kobe I don't know if if Mr. Ewing is right there. All time. I appreciate appreciate you calling Mr. Ewing. (laughs) Um, Okay. If you're playing the role Mm -hmm. of Michael Jordan, who's playing the role of Kobe in this one-on-one? In basketball? No. Good question. Lacrosse. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I was going. Lacrosse. Yeah. If you're Michael Jordan, who's Kobe? Oh, I don't know. You only get one. That's a tough. Thank you. Thank you. Who is it? Is he a Hopkins teammate of yours? Oh, are you okay? So I get. I get. You're one. No, Paul's one. I get what you're saying. Paul. I'm going Jesse Schwartzman. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, look. I. Well, if you want, look. Here's what I'll. Here's what I'll say. And and Paul has been. I mean, he and I have talked about this. Paul's been incredible at building a brand. You talked about this, Kobe Michael. No, 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 no. no. I was saying what he's done. Yeah. And like, if you look at like, let's go back. When it comes to like guys building a brand, right, coming out of lacrosse, I alluded to this earlier. Like Mike Powell came out, and Mike Powell was the first guy. Now Gary Gate ended up having a line with STX like a year or two after my original line release. So like not at the prime of his career, more towards the end of his career as a player. So if you look at like the last twenty years, Mike Powell came out, got an equipment line with with uh, Brian. Like I told you, signed car deals and was like right. the guy i came out the next year um and then i signed some deals and equipment lines and built a brand and then i can't remember who was first between max or paul it was either max Siebold or paul they were like i think it might have been paul then max uh but max Siebold. oh he is a legend no he's a monster okay. he's, no, he's a monster yeah. max was a monster all-timer um Probably still could play, honestly. Scary. He's one of, one of those guys that like could probably give him a month to train, and he he could still be dominant. Um, but then it was Paul uh, signed the deal, obviously launched everything. everything. Um, then Max, then Rob Pinnell, right. and you just go, like you go on. So Paul, what Paul has done um, in lacrosse, it just hasn't been that outside of obviously building a league uh, with his brother. Is you know Paul was the first lacrosse player willing to put himself out there on social and understand how to use social. Yeah. Like, right? Like, he's making YouTube videos early. Masterful. Um, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. And he, he um, I, I will give credit to Paul because he takes it on the chin for decisions made, uh, putting himself out there. He knows exactly what he's doing and he's, he's got the back to carry. Right? Yeah. Like, he can, he can deal with it. And he has, he's been incredible. So, all the credit to him. Oh, all the credit to him for everything he's built. And I mean, I know it doesn't get talked about enough. How good he was. Yeah. Like, 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 look, man. Like, great. Yeah. All time great. Um, like when you look at players for the last fifty years, like find me one that you can say definitively. Obviously, everybody has opinion, but find one that you can say definitively was so much better at something than him. I, yeah, it's tough. You're I, right. He's very, 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 very good. And that doesn't get talked about. Enough. Dude, I could see you at ESPN. You would be good. That's man. nice of you. That's nice man, of you. Man, I would listen to you. I would, listen <laughs> to you. I would read about it. You would help me understand the Carlos. I, All these years later, you still don't get it, huh? I get it. Oh, you sure? doesn't feel like it. Really? No. I was just kind of saying it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I get it. I love it. I'm. Fa- you know what I'm fascinated by? Mm. I'm fascinated by the i'll get a little bit geeky but but i'm fascinated by the gross motor mm-hmm. needed big dudes yeah. speed covering yeah. oh, ground yeah. Yeah. athletes and the fine motor the yeah. touch yeah all the ability to throw a long stick up in the air yeah. know where that head is yeah. catch, i mean yeah. just the 
the fine tuning of that fascinates me as a geek. And yeah. then, dude, I've I've watched it enough. Yeah, yeah. And then you got, you got to understand. By the way, I forgot about this memory. Uh, I knew nothing about lacrosse, high school or college. We, I never, went to we, Maryland. Never, we never played you guys. In, in I don't think we had a team. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Now they do. Got it. Um, but but I remember Hopkins plays Maryland, mm-hmm. and I'm a schmuck at Maryland. Uh. Don't yeah, call no. yourself that. You're a good. You, you know, yeah. not so bad. Schmuck's not oh, so that's good. not a bad name. No, I'm a clown. I'm a clown in Maryland, and I'm like, I know a guy on Hopkins too. Yeah, I knew other guy on Hopkins too. I just remember going to it was Bird Stadium at the time. Yeah. I didn't know what I was watching, yeah. but I went to watch Kyle Harrison yeah, yeah. Hopkins play Maryland, yeah. which was like oh oh one, I guess, or oh two. Oh two. Oh, oh, freshman oh, year. Of course, you remember yeah. that. Did you play well? I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I, me- I remember being mesmerized by yeah. that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, re- it's an impressive sport, and that's that's why it's so rapidly growing. Yeah. I just cannot wait for that sports science side to come along. And it's coming along yeah. with lacrosse. Yeah. Because of, because of a lot of powerhouses, one is, one is the Jay Dyers of the world. Yeah. They're just pushing to get it there, and guys like you. Yeah. And guys who are training religiously. Anyway, I, I don't remember how we got onto that tangent, but I know a little bit about lacrosse. Definitely know how to rehab it. Um, and and it, it's it's a fascinating sport. Okay, yeah. ready? Lightning round. I'm prepared. I think. Well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, what's the last book you read that was powerful? Um, the Little Blue Truck. Ooh, by? I can't remember it's by my really my nice son. Book. No, it's my son's book. Little Blue Truck. You should read it. Okay, on it. It's all about a bunch of little friends helping push this little blue truck out of the mud, and how you need everybody to help you push it. Freaking answer. I didn't even give you these questions prior. Okay, number two. Um, best lacrosse player you've ever played against? Don't say Paul Rabel. Uh, ever played against? So, wait, so I know it's lightning round, but you got to be more specific. Like, like guarded me or like the best player on the other team? Guarded you. Brody Mo. Good answer. Good dude, too. Oh, I'm all time. Felt bad for no one lacks. Okay. Best sports movie of all time? Best? I gotta go with Remember the Titans. We're all in Field of Dreams, but fine. Never seen it. Okay. Dude, I've seen every lacrosse movie. I haven't seen it all the way through, man. Like, it's been on TBS sometimes, and I've been like, all right, let me catch 20 minutes of this joint, but I've never seen it all the way through. But because of the face you just made, you have my word. I'll watch it before the summer's over. Appreciate that. And, and, I, I, and I actually believe you. Oh, I wouldn't lie to you. Last time you were starstruck, Oh, I actually do know where it was. Um, um, it was the uninterrupted ESPYS party last year. Serena Williams. Yeah. And like people were going up because I'm a massive fan. People were going up and saying like, "Big fan of all you've done, whatever, whatever." I couldn't bring myself to do it. Just like kind of stood in the back, just stood in the background. Just. <laughs> I mean, that's a that she's she's got to be all time. Top three athletes of all time. Do you want to get into like the real argument? I love the I love the way you put that because you didn't say female athletes. What? Hell no! Athletes of all time. Like I, you'd be hard pressed. Give me, give give me, give me better. I think it's hard. I mean, we we yeah, uh, we would start with John Starks probably. So he's one. So you're trying to end the conversation. (laughs) You've had enough, and you're ready to go. Got it. You've had enough, and you're trying to find your way out. Got it. That's that is my wrap up. Okay, next. What do you wish sports physical therapists knew about rehabbing elite level athletes? Honestly, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I can always uh, I can always speak to the ones I've worked with, and you're, I mean, you and your team are great at this. Like, I think you guys probably already have this, and so I could be preaching the choir, but like, you have a, a unique understanding that like. We want to get back ASAP yeah. tomorrow, if possible today, if you could. Yeah. Um, and like being candid about what the timeline is. I think at times in my career, early in my career, late, I was with I was with Mike, um, you know, Ginta from from Evolution PT out west because yeah. I was in LA. He's been on the pod. Yeah, and then too. late, and then late, I was with you and your yeah. team, like, and you guys were were so spot on with the timeline keeping it a buck from the beginning 
so that like mentally I can be working towards that. Now, if it shifts throughout the process, you're going to let us know. But giving a realistic timeline from go, I think is so important because as an athlete, that's literally all I care about. All like I don't, I know how awful this is going to be. You sticking needles in my adductor and everything. I know how awful the next yeah. couple months is going to be, yeah. but I know that June 11th, I'm back on the field. And I can give a perfect example of my um, only surgery I had in my entire career was on my left ankle. Um, I had uh, I, all the cartilage and ligaments were torn. They had been torn for like three or four years. And it got to a point where it was just like bone on bone. I couldn't go anymore. So I got surgery. This was so dumb of me. Had I checked it out like months prior, um, I would have been back for the full season. But I got surgery in May. And like all I want, I knew that was our best chance. That's the championship I won in 2017. I knew that was our best chance to win a championship. Like we had just lost in championship prior year. I was so effing mad at myself for not getting, and my wife had told me to get checked out right after the season. I didn't. And so surgery met. And so, you know, our season's our training camp had started a, uh, a week later and then our season starts. And so the doc was like, you will be playing by July 4th. And so in my head, like, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Yeah. I don't care about what's happening between now and then. Like the, the pain was awful. The scrubbing was awful. But come that game, I was on the field. I scored the first goal of the game from a confidence perspective. Obviously that changed everything. And then the last goal of the game, I shook and then planted on that ankle and changed direction and scored. And like, all was right in the world. And I had forgotten about it and we went on and we won a championship at the end of that season. But like, that timeline that I was given at the beginning is what like set me mentally on the right path. So long-winded answer, but I'd say give like, give real feedback, even if it sucks. Mm -hmm. If it's like, hey, this is an eight-month deal, like mm -hmm. that sucks to hear, but at least I know. Like I would say, tell them that from the beginning. I love that. that that's just want to know. That's really great advice. I, I mean, your your attention to detail, Happy. your memory, your ability to relate and connect and be present. Uh, th there's so much to glean and learn from that. So I appreciate you bringing that on the True Sports Physiotherapy Pod. Um, I, thanks for all you've taught me over the years. Oh, stop! I appreciate that. Wait, wait, wait you're really about to end this? It what didn't do you mean? Go what didn't we cover? <laughs> what, I, I don't know. You tell me. What did we not get to? You tell me. Here's what I love. Uh, here, so for those of you who don't know, Kyle Harrison and I go way back. Way uh, back. To the hardwood. Mm -hmm. um, in 2000, mm -hmm. um, we played against one another. You knew the year that quickly, huh? So here's what I really love about you, Kyle, because this, this <laughs> is... What I love is all these accolades. Sure. Lest I read through them again. Um, you still walk into my office. Yeah. Thankfully, had no idea who I was when you walked in. Sure. But you're wearing the friend shirt. Yeah. And so I think I said something like, dude, we got to talk about friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I brought up the fact that my Best of Fellow Warriors, my high school. Sure. I mean, people around the country have heard of Best of Fellow Warriors. People around the world. What do you mean? People around the world. I love that. Um, they defeated Kyle's Friends Quakers. Did. Absolutely. Now, from that standpoint, from that point, February 2000, um, when I met you, let's again, let's say in 2018 or 17 yeah. or something like that, um, you had done a few things in your life athletically. Sure. One would think that you had forgotten about that loss. No, no, of course not. I remember all of it. Not only do you remember all of it, yeah. you remember like the, the details. Yeah, details. All of it. Yeah. Now, um, we ended up winning by one point. You did. Um, anything else you want to share about that night? About that night, I thought you had a great night. Thank you. I thought you played well. Yes. I was disappointed in the loss. Yes. All right. Let's get into um, the stat line that I put up. <laughs> I don't remember. Just I don't remember. But um, we ended up winning by one point. Yeah. Um, and you remembered every single freaking detail, including yeah. one dude who missed a foul shot, one dude who made a foul shot, mm -hmm. one dude who made a buzzer-beating three-pointer, yeah. which only brought you to within... Go on. One point. Yeah, yeah. To lose that game, and you were still pissed about it. Yeah, you know, I think um, when I look back on that run, like we won the championship my freshman year. Uh, and basketball. Shout, yeah, basketball. Shout out to that team. We, um, CJ Nixon, Coach Ez Ryan, the whole crew. We, Greg Kelly. We just went into the Hall of Fame and friends for that team. Oh like, yeah. Three weeks ago, and then we won my senior year, and those two in between, um, those still are like embedded in my head. Because I feel like we left something there, you know? You did. And we missed a foul shot at the, the one before, the year before. Airballed a foul shot. That was a good Oh, that was a good Yeah. Oh, sorry. Airballed a airball foul shot, you know? Like, we left something on the court. That's all. That's all. That was fun. We'll leave it there. You, you, don't, you have nothing else to say. 
Um, I just appreciate you letting us win that. Oh, game. stop. That, that so did that not happen. Have some, that, did, that definitely did not happen. No. Here's how I know that didn't happen because every picture from that night, yeah. I feel like it was like taken on Polaroids. Every single picture has you just like lurking in the background. Oh, <laughs> Like trying to block the hell out of us, oh, always, and us just pump faking the always. hell out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going up, getting the foul, yeah, and sure, one. Sure, which just made it really easy to coast the victory. Yeah, look, you guys got your rings. Did you get rings for that? I, I'm. You guys still talk, you still talk to all those guys. I love those guys, and we talk a lot about Kyle Harrison. Do you talk uh, around? Well, two months ago, like February, February every year. February twenty sixth, every single year. What? <laughs> That's not. It's not a thing. I no, it's, it's a thing for it's sure. It's a thing. It's a one hundred percent thing. Um, Every year. Let's just say your name comes up in those in those chats. Does it? Let me tell you, you a little tidbit. Just invite tidbit. me into it one year. I would love that. I, I just sent you a screenshot. <laughs> Here's a little tidbit. One of my buddies, mm -hmm. Joe Rombro, still my best friend. He wrote on his hand, "Stop number 20 <laughs> before that championship. Who wore number twenty? That was me. That was me wearing 20. Well, yeah, well, look. Well, he stopped you, Kyle. He did? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the stat line was tight. I feel like the stat line was still tight. I think you know exactly um, what that's like. I do. I do, but we don't need to talk about it. Um, you have to invite me to chat. Oh, February 26, 2024. I look forward to that. Yeah, come on in. Please. Okay, we would love it. Thanks for, God, being so humble. Of course. Thanks for giving Beth the fill of that ring. <laughs> Appreciate so you need your rings. You got rings. Yeah. Okay. I mean, rings. We got it all. You got it all. Yeah. Like duffels of cash. Yeah. From, yeah. yeah. From the boosters. Yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> it's like you do it. The C conference booster. Uh, the C conference booster. Uh, Kyle, you've been a goddamn pleasure. Nothing but man. success Appreciate in the future. It, Can't wait to have you on again. Thanks for listening. You know it. Thanks for having me.